Normally, I would not cover a video like this. Normally, I'm not a huge fan of the show of American politics, and typically, if I would cover something like this, I would do it in such a way where I'm making fun of the person trying to make a show out of this. For instance, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has a bunch of these kind of publicity stunts, stupid speeches, and all that. But the thing is that Texas Representative Wesley Hunt actually hits the nail on the head on something absolutely crucial, and we need to talk about it. Because what he does in this Judiciary Committee hearing is point out the fact, and I know a lot of people are like, oh, don't point out hypocrisy or anything like that, but I think in this instance, it is not only warranted, but it's actually crucial in terms of messaging, that the Department of Justice is clearly and obviously targeting their political opponents and not going after so-called domestic terrorist threats. And the way that he lays this case out is elegant it's beautiful i highly recommend you go to the link in the description under where it says sources under this video under this podcast and watch this for yourself because it's absolutely crucial that you hear the whole thing and i'm only going to play snippets of it because of fair use reasons because he really just nails every point but before we get into this any further i just want to say thank you to everybody who signed up over on actualjusticewarrior.com slash join you make this video thing happen when parents begin exercising their right to question their local school boards during the height of covid uh, mid-mass mandates will curricula and harassment in schools, how did the DOJ respond? The Department of Justice responded under Merrick Garland with directing the public to report threats of violence to school board members, officials, and workers in our national public schools to a national hotline. Now, I'm sure a lot of you guys are aware of the period of time that Representative Hunt is addressing right here, but just to be clear so you guys can understand how this kind of all started in terms of the public consciousness, what ended up happening during the lockdowns and in the United States of America, even though this wasn't done in a lot of countries that handled COVID-19 much better than us, the schools were locked down, parents began experiencing the curriculum their children were interacting with on a level that they didn't before because they weren't at work and the kids were at home, so they really got to examine what was going on. So parents became more and more involved in their school board meetings, and because these meetings are essentially conducted in public, but since nobody shows up, they're functionally conducted in secret, this has created situation after situation where people who are not used to being held accountable end up having to face criticism, and the response to this was to phone law enforcement specifically federal agents and we ended up with a memo talking about how domestic terrorists were coming to these school board meetings for daring to question the curriculum that was being put upon our children now what's interesting about this is that we found out that Merrick Garland's own office ended up drafting this memo and giving it out and distributing it so that people could deal with the parents that dared to talk about their schools. And like Hunt said, they ended up setting up a hotline where parents or other people, teachers, whoever, could report these evil conservatives who don't want their children to be indoctrinated into leftism to a hotline to be investigated. And one of the things that Hunt is pointing out is that there have been no criminal charges that have resulted from the majority of these tips because in reality, what they're actually collecting is evidence of First Amendment activity and criticism of the government. One particular case, a mom was reported to the hotline uh, as a threat because she was A, a conservative, and B, she was a lawful gun owner like myself. The complainant alleged 
that the mom was a threat because she belonged to a right-wing group known as Moss for Liberty. And I have a real problem with identifying people like this because it's your right to belong to whoever you want to belong to, and that's your freedoms. So yeah, he brings up the specific instance of a woman that was reported due to the fact that she was conservative, a part of an organization set up to fight back against public school indoctrination from the left, and she happened to be a legal gun owner. There were no threats being made. There was no actual evidence of any kind of crime. And him examining these records that actually triggered an investigation really goes to show you that the federal government is wasting their time going after parents who are just concerned about their school curricula. Another investigation opened because a tip to the hotline, a, a dad was investigated uh, because according to the complainant, the dad fit the profile of an insurrectionist. I don't really know what that means, but that's interesting. Now you have another instance highlighted by Hunt that just shows you how insane this phone tip line actually is in practice. You have somebody calling in a tip saying that a conservative parent fits the profile of an insurrectionist. Obviously, this is a reference to January 6th, the day that democracy worldwide was destroyed. Where were you January 6th? I was in a car dealership trying to buy a car, but then the guy told me that frame damage isn't serious damage, and I was mad. I was angry, but then all of a sudden, I looked up, and on the TV, I saw our republic was getting frame damage. Democracy worldwide was getting frame damage. Where were you January 6th? Where were you January 6th? Let me know down in the comments, down in the comments where, where were you that fit the profile of an insurrectionist i don't really know what that means but that's interesting and he had a lot of guns and threatened to use them yet when the fbi asked about the complainant about these threats from the dad the complainant admitted that no specific information or observations or any crimes threats more crucially the person ended up admitting after calling in this fraudulent tip that there were no specific threats or any kind of threats made by this person so essentially what ends up happening is that people on the left wing know that they had this resource a direct tap to federal agents to report people that they don't like and the biden administration is following up on these reports and harassing their political opponents because conservatives are finally touching on a crucial issue which is the education of the next generation they're finally addressing a huge portion of democratic party power and where it resides which is at the school board level because them being able to capture the next generation is going to allow them to secure their victories at the state at the local and at the federal level going forward according to the fbi not one of these school board related investigations resulted in federal arrest or charges not a single one now if you guys will remember one of the motives for this memo talking about these parents being potentially domestic terrorists insurrectionists january 6ers where were you where were you was a case out of Virginia where a father was outraged at a school board meeting and he was shouting and he ended up getting yanked out. But what you ended up being able to hear as he was being pulled away was that he was actually angry about the fact that his daughter was sexually assaulted in a school that recently approved this gender-neutral kind of bathroom situation by a student that was able to hide in the bathroom based on the idea that he was wearing a skirt. This was a huge case. I'll link it in the description. It probably churned the Virginia gubernatorial election in favor of the Republican, but this is what Merrick Garland and the Justice Department is trying to avoid, or what they label terrorism, a father concerned about his daughter, and we still have this hotline 
up and running today in order to report all of you for wrong think for daring to question what goes down at the school board meetings. Recently, the DOJ announced that they were going to continue to prosecute people from January 6th to the tune of around a thousand more people to be charged in the not so distant future. Now, January 6th was over two years ago, and the DOJ is still looking to charge more people. Yet, when there is a true domestic terror threat like Antifa, the DOJ did not direct people to a national hotline, nor did they report these threats to our communities. Again, Wesley Hunt cutting to the heart of the issue right here. We have the DOJ announcing that they're looking to press charges against a thousand more people that were in and around the Capitol on January 6th, the darkest day in our democracy's history. They have this hotline for parents who want to actually, you know, influence their children's curriculum. How dare they? Where they can be reported and investigated as terrorists. But then you have the largest series of riots and domestic terrorism in recent American history, and there's no hotline. Now, my colleagues on the left will tell you that Antifa doesn't exist. It's an idea. Uh, but I, my question is, is where is the intellectual curiosity to determine how Antifa, a highly coordinated domestic terrorist organization, is funded and organized? The DOJ did not set up a hotline for Antifa. They set up a hotline for you. No federal resources were set aside to investigate the violence that we saw unleashed across this country during the summer of love in 2020. There's no investigations, there's no operations or anything like that, and the reason for this, for those of you who are unaware, is the fact that Antifa serves as the militant arm of the Democratic Party. There's a reason that they were so prolific during President Trump's administration, during his campaign. There's a reason why, despite overwhelming evidence of these people wearing the same uniforms, organizing on social media, having groups, entire segments dedicated to how they train and all that on CNN, you have politician after politician after politician pretending that they don't exist. This is because they benefit from them. And by the way, a lot of politicians and professors and people who are typically aligned with the Democratic Party have been arrested as members of the organization that is Antifa. And for those of you who are like, it's not an organization. No, we're not playing that game. It is clearly and obviously an organization. They've killed people. Michael Forrest Reinhold murdered Aaron J. Danielson on video, and we're not going to mince words about this. Please note some of these photos. That's, wait a minute, that's not January 6th. That's May 31st, 2020. That's right in front of the White House. That's where the president lives. And at the time, President Trump was ushered into a bunker because his life was being threatened. Where was the hotline? Bravo, Wesley Hunt. I don't know a lot about you beyond this, but I have to give you praise for bringing up the fact that members of Antifa and Black Lives Matter rioters tried to storm the White House for multiple days, and there was no talk about threats to our institutions, threats to our democracy, or anything like that. In fact, the media ended up making fun of President Trump because his Secret Service wanted him to move to a bunker because these people were trying to attack the White House. For some reason, it's all fun and games when it's President Trump, but all of a sudden, when some people go into the Capitol and comparatively minimal destruction ends up happening, specifically compared to the Black Lives Matter riots in any major city, all that then, then it's a big deal. That's not January 6th either. That's July 27th. That is in Portland. And that is Antifa rioting and pillaging our country. Where was the hotline? Next slide. Well, hot damn. <laughs> That's not January 6th either. 
those are more rioters that are destroying and rioting in Salt Lake City. Next slide. So again, he shows us the Portland Black Lives Matter rioting. If you remember, they were attacking a federal courthouse over and over and over again. Then he shows us rioting out of Salt Lake City, Utah. And honestly, he could have showed us this from almost any major metropolitan area because in the 90 days following George Floyd's death, there were about 600 riots across the country, and that's just in that 90-day period. So when people say mostly peaceful protests, what they're ignoring or what they're trying to obfuscate is the most violent riots in American history. And that's not January 6th either. That's, that's June 1st, 2020. And that's the streets of D.C. that are being rioted and pillaged, and pillaged or by, by rioters. Where's the outrage? Where's the hotline? This is what domestic terror looks like. This is not a school board meeting. Again, I know a lot of people are not into pointing out hypocrisy, but this is beyond that. This is showing the political bias of organizations like the Justice Department, of federal organizations who go along to get along, deny the existence of Antifa, despite the overwhelming evidence that we all saw with our own eyes. And that's June 1st, 2020. That is among the days that people were consistently trying to storm the White House, trying to burn that church. They did end up burning the church across the street from the White House and committing all manner of chaos in the D.C. area. But all of a sudden, that violence, that threat, even though it was targeted at the president of the United States, and Republican representatives, no big deal, nothing to worry about, nothing to see here. That is all fine and dandy. That's not a threat to our republic, but a bunch of people, most of them who are just wandering in the Capitol, that is a threat to all of our institutions. There is no hotline for any of these riots, and we are going to have a hotline that's going to report parents for caring about their children's education. And even further, the DOJ would rather investigate a thousand more people from January 6th than any single person in these photos. What a shame. Beautifully put. You have the apples to apples comparison, even though the Black Lives Matter riots were far more violent, far more severe, far more damaging to our country than the January 6th ones. But then you also have the issue, the problem of the fact that the Department of Justice is wasting time targeting parents. But the thing is, it's not a waste of time. They're going after the political opponents. Antifa is on the side. Again, they are the militant arm of the Democratic Party. Therefore, they're exempt from the rules that you have to follow. The most recent change I can remember in terms of Antifa-related policy was the fact that the city of Portland actually moved to censor mugshots from the public because Andy No was posting mugshots of Antifa members when they got arrested for rioting and talked about the fact that they would be released despite repeated arrests the very next day. So any legislation or any action from the Democratic Party, from the government, seems to be to aid and abed the criminal organization known as Antifa, and not to prosecute anybody involved in these crimes. And for those of you who are like, oh, well, X number of people got arrested during the Black Lives Matter riots, what's the follow-up of that? Are there actual charges? Because one of the things that I've talked about is the fact that a bunch of these charges are reduced or completely dropped. And then, to make matters worse, places like New York and Philadelphia, and soon-to-be cities near you, are actually paying out these rioters due to the fact that they're all filing lawsuits claiming that their civil rights were violated because they weren't allowed to loot, burn, and destroy enough. And that is why this is no longer the Department of Justice. 
It is the Department of Subjective Justice. Bravo to Wesley Hunt for highlighting this in such a succinct, concise way that anybody can digest it, because I think it's absolutely crucial that people understand that the Department of Justice is not even pretending to be neutral anymore. They're targeting their political opponents. They're exempting their political allies. This is what they do now. This is how the Democratic Party functions. And if you commit violence on behalf of them, you're pretty much all clear all good in the hood but hey those are just my thoughts let me know your thoughts down in the comments below if you liked the video show them by leaving a like subscribe for more content follow me on all my social media support me via the support link in the description of this video this has been me talking about the double standard and the outright insanity of the department of justice's policy till next time